0: I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
1: I got a fresh line up, damn, a fresh outfit. But I had a barking lot on smash. Plus, <laughs> I got a seven with a foe, 54 in the blue. That bitch a dash. the biggest boss that you seen
2: thus far. I'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far.
3: Welcome to the Let's Be Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Styles, and this is episode five of the Let's Be Honest Podcast. And we have some topics for you today. Our main topic will be discussing the new NFL ruling. And for those of you who may not know, the NFL passed down a ruling, I believe, on Thursday, which says that players can no longer protest if they are actually on the field. Now, those that do wanna protest can stay inside the locker room until the game begins, but there has been a lot of controversy around this subject, and now the controversy has been brought forward again. But before we get into that, we have some other things that have happened this week, and I hope everyone has enjoyed their Memorial Day uh, weekend uh, with friends and family, and we just like to thank all of our servicemen that protect this great country and, um, you know, hope everyone's having a great time. But anyway, I have my co-host today, my OG, my big bro. Floyd, what's going on, man? How you doing?
4: What's going on, man? How you doing?
3: Man, it's great, man. We talking about this whole, I know we're going to get into this whole NFL thing, man. I I can't wait to hear what you um, want to talk about and what your thoughts are on it. Cause it's, it's, it's crazy. A lot of controversial um, things surrounding the NFL but uh, before we get into that, we're going to just talk about a few things that have happened this week that are very, very newsworthy, and we'd like to get into that. One of the first things that we have is in your neck of the woods, man, what's going on down in Houston's restaurant in Atlanta? So three young ladies were subjected to what they felt, or allegedly subjected to what they felt uh, was a little bit of uh, overzealous off-duty policemen trying to escort, uh, escort them uh, off the premises.
4: Right. Yeah, I heard about that one.
3: Okay. So the way that the story goes for our listeners is uh, three young uh, – I think it is three. It was two or three, but I think it was three. It was
4: three. It was, it three. was three.
3: Okay, it was three. So three young ladies um, come into Houston's restaurant as they're about to close, and they told them that they were closed, uh, and they asked the manager if they can just use the restroom. The manager said, sure, no problem. Um, allows them to go in and use the restroom. Uh, I guess a few minutes went by, uh, and um, the young ladies hadn't – left the premises yet so the right. on-duty security guard who also happens to be an off-duty policeman um, right. comes in and he's he, he knocks on and he says that they're telling them that they have to leave to make sure everything is okay and apparently um, they said that they were he, he said they were on their cell phones and not you know using the restroom but they were on their cell phones and talking um now the the story i read said that he asked them Um, to leave, and they sort of gave him this look, like, what are you talking about? We're not leaving anywhere. (laughs) Um, And then uh, he asked them, he proceeded to ask them to leave again. They refused. And then the last time he asked them to leave, uh, and they sort of started, I guess, going off or leaving out of the restroom and started going off. And then he just said, you definitely have to leave now. And he proceeded to escort one of the young ladies um, off off the property. Now, there's a video that has went around Showing the incident from there, the young lady getting escorted off of the property, off you know, out of the restaurant, and what I saw was her kicking and screaming, and somebody was recording and asking what was going on, um, and then after, there were some pictures that the young lady posted, and she had some bruises and some marks and some things on her, so I'm not sure what actually happened, because obviously we don't have the full story, uh, just what people say happened. But I know um, the king, the king of Atlanta, Ti wasn't too happy about it, and no, um, he
4: wasn't, he, especially after what just happened with him. So. Yeah,
3: yeah. So he he wasn't happy about it at all, man. What what can you tell us about that, man? What 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 are they saying uh, there in Atlanta about that whole situation?
4: I guess a lot of people are, are looking at it from two sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look at the fact that you know they may thought they may have thought that this police officer was a little bit aggressive with these young ladies. And then a lot of people looking at it as, okay, you were there, number one, after the restaurant was closed. You arrived 30 minutes after it closed. And out of the kindness of the manager's heart, he allowed you to go in use the restroom. I guess made it seem like it was pretty urgent. And then after spending, I think it said 10 minutes in there, uh-huh. or over 10 minutes, then he asked him to leave. And then after the officer was called and asked him to leave, I think he was working security for Houston's at the time. So I think right now the city's kind of split from what I'm hearing and and seeing Um, because they're looking at it from both ways. I think with the tension nowadays that's going on between law enforcement, it seems like everybody, especially uh, African-Americans, there's a lot of tension and it probably, you know, them being females as well. And I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm just saying that they probably took it like you know who are you to tell us what to do we're not doing anything wrong we're just using the bathroom and at least the manager let us and use the bathroom who knows how the dialogue went between the two of them mm-hmm. but i think right now the city's pretty much split
3: yeah see i'm split too man because i can understand hey i'm letting you come in and use the restroom you, you should get in do whatever you're going to do and then get out you know what i'm saying right and then after security asks you to leave um, on more than one occasion, at that point you have to leave. Um, right. You know it's. I get it. I, I you know I understand, but then again we don't know if
4: he. I mean, the, the police report says they were there forty minutes. Okay. Okay. In the, in the bathroom. Okay. Um, and the the women, of course, saying it was seven to eight minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the forty minutes counts the actual time that the restaurant was closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just counting that in, saying the restaurant was closed already forty minutes. Because if you look at some accounts, it says they were in there 10 minutes, which if you count the 30 minutes after Houston was closed. That's probably why they're saying that. OK, So that's the I, that's probably why they're saying that Um, they're saying seven, eight minutes to me in and out. Right. It was my restaurant.
3: The security guard. I don't know if he put his hands on her. I, I don't know what happened, Um, but I can definitely see in the video where she was kicking a little bit, you know, as he's trying to escort her out. Um, it's all in time. I also know in this gen, the the new, the newer generation or millennials, um, that are out there, the, the, the respect piece of authority is not the same, um, as it was back in our day. And what I mean by that is not that we're, we're crazy old or anything, but what I mean by that, I'll give you an example. If I'm driving through my neighborhood and there are a group of kids crossing the street and they're walking and they see my car, those group of kids they don't hurry up and to move out the way like oh there's a car i, I need to get across the street right mm-hmm. they slowly walk across the street with the attitude of almost of i wish you would hit me as i'm walking taking my time walking across the street
4: yes exactly <laughs> so, i counter count that
3: lot so so um it's a little bit different and so now these days when you ask a younger person to do something um it's quite possible that they get a little bit, uh, you know, it, the, the response is not what you expect it to be. So exactly. I certainly, I certainly, uh, I certainly understand that. But obviously, um, I don't condone anyone putting their hands on, on someone. If you're asking them to leave, then they just need to leave. But also at the right. same time, in the security guy's defense, what is he supposed to do to get them out the building? Right,
5: exactly. He doesn't we know.
3: Can't be there forever. Right, he doesn't know what's going on there. He doesn't know, you know. And I know they were females, but that doesn't mean they can't pull out guns and hold up the joint. Does not right. mean that they're not holding the door open for somebody to come in and hold up the joint? He doesn't know what's happening. Right. So, exactly. It's it's a it's a it's a touchy situation, and um, I agree with you about Ti Ti. I definitely knew that when he saw that he was going to jump on it because of his situation. Now his situation is a whole nother whole another. Uh, instance by itself. you know no,
4: that's true because
3: <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about how how you not gonna let ti in his own place um because right. they said in atlanta everybody knows who ti is but well,
4: everybody knows who he is and at the same time um in the beginning it was the security person wouldn't let him in regardless and then i guess it came out later on that he was a little I guess disrespectful towards a security guy. And maybe he just wanted to exercise a little authority. He had at least the security guy did as oh. far as not letting him in. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So, you know, I, I don't know if some people walk around with chips on their shoulder. I don't know. T I personally, and he seems like a good guy and from what he does within the city and what he does for the youth and stuff like that is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of stuff for the youth in Atlanta and for the community. So I don't, I don't. I can't see him being that way. Right. From what I hear about him, I don't know him personally. Right. So to know whether or not he was that way, who knows? Maybe he just the security guard just said it. But end of the day, that was his house. He had a right to be there. From what I understand, Tiny uh, called and told the security guy to let him in. Yeah. So you know, all that should have been done.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he called Tiny. Uh, he called Tiny because they said they've been living there for. They've had that property for years.
4: Yeah, for years they've been there for years.
3: Um, and he said that uh, he said that um, most of the most everybody knows who they are, you know, going back and forth through that gated community, Um right. You know, but at the same time, even as a you know, you, using your celebrity um, mm-hmm. can it, it can hurt you sometimes because you know if he had been drinking a little bit because they said he had been drinking, um, right? If and then his friend had a warrant <laughs> that showed up yeah. on the scene and they end up locking him up. But at right. the same time, you can't use your celebrity to um, to treat someone any different um, the, right. than them trying to exactly. do their job. For me, exactly. if I didn't know who he was and I had no no clue of who he was, I would have called, confirmed. And once Tiny said, yes, that's my husband, we live here, I would open the gate, and that would have been it. So, yeah, that would have been it. Yeah,
4: yeah. That would have eliminated everything.
3: Yeah, because that, that's it. I mean, if somebody's going to stand there and talk to you and tell you <laughs> that I lived there for the, about 10 minutes— and tell you right. to confirm it it's more than quite a quite possible that they live there more than likely that they live there so um, i mean
4: i i had a situation once with a security guard he wasn't even off the officer he was a security guard uh-huh. and i was in a mall and i was giving out some flyers for, uh-huh. for an event yeah and i was just giving them to like store owners say can you put this in your you know in the store by the register i think it was like Original Cookie Factory, I was at the time. Yeah, I said, could you just lay them on the counter so people right? Like, look at? He he agreed, and the security guard was like, "No, I couldn't do it." He was like, "You're not allowed to solicit in the wall or in the mall." Uh huh. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not solic- soliciting anything. I'm passing on information. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking anybody to buy nothing. I'm not trying to get people to do something for me. That's solicitation. I'm not trying to get them to buy a product, or am I selling a product? Right. Or am I directing them to a place they can buy a product? Right. So we kind of went back and forth about it, and I guess he didn't know how far it's worth so I'm trying to explain to him calmly. And he tried to get me to leave the mall. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm with a group of people, and we're not going anywhere. And this was back, I was younger. Right. 28. And we're not going anywhere. So, of course, ABD shows are born season. and And the officer then the kind I had was, the was like, "Look, you're right. He can't make you leave the mall, but for right now, to kind of deescalate this situation, how about you just leave, mm-hmm. and we'll leave it at that? Because right. if you and him get in a confrontation, and we had to you a criminal trespass." I said, "Okay." So I left them all mm-hmm. Situation over with. So I think sometimes in the reverse. The security guards, some of them, who are not trained to do uh, traditional law enforcement and who do not have experience in dealing with
5: people, Right. period, Right.
4: don't know how to handle certain situations when they get escalated because they take it personal. Mm. And they have to learn you can't take it personal. Mm. Yeah. So that's one of the main things.
3: Yeah. You know, it's, uh, one thing that, that people always got to remember is um, a lot of times people think that those places are public places. You know right. what I mean? But they forget that it's technically it's not. It's a, right. it's a it's a private business that is okay. open to the public. But you can't always think automatically that you're in a public place because you're technically on private property, which is how they can get you with the trespass. And um, that goes for restaurants exactly. uh, restaurants as well. It doesn't matter what the restaurant is, that is a piece of private property. It is not a public property like like a park or a sidewalk that belongs to right. the city. So they, they have to um people have to think about that. But you also mm-hmm. it goes back to um just treating people with kindness, man, treating people with respect. Yeah. the Same type of respect. And That's the biggest thing.
4: That's that's all that's it is. That's the biggest thing. I mean, if this officer may approach these ladies and said, Hey, look, the owner really wants to close. He's trying to go home, he's trying to get his people home. We just really need you guys to leave, you know, you've been here over ten minutes or over how many minutes it were. Can we just step it up? I give you like five more minutes to go. Yeah. You know, but but then, you know, maybe it would have worked that way. Or, you know, I don't know any other way he could have approached it. I don't know if maybe they have maybe um had a situation or maybe had something to drink and maybe were Mm -hmm. feeling a little bit edgy Mm -hmm. themselves. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But there were there were stories and, and and I don't know if you know, there were a couple of stories here in Atlanta where um, a female ran up to a door, knocking on the door, uh, claiming that somebody was chasing her mm-hmm. and out of the kindness of this person's heart, they let her in. When they opened the door, two guys came in and robbed them. Mm. So who knows if that, that, that owner from Houston's was thinking the same thing. Maybe this is a setup because we've had a lot of that here in Atlanta. Right. I mean, we had a guy who, um, was dating a girl on one of Met a girl on one of those dating websites. I think it was POF, Plenty mm-hmm. of Fish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she lured him to a place to meet, and they robbed him. Oh, my. So it happens. And I, you got to look at it from that owner's standpoint. I think sometimes in the media, we don't show the reasons why people are responding and reacting the way that they do. You know, they, like I said, the owner of Houston's could have been looking at it like, okay, here's another situation. I'm being set up. I need to get these girls out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, and in that case, maybe that officer should have just maybe called for some backup to kind of have some people on the scene with him or witness to see what was going on, and yeah. maybe that would have worked a little different. There's, I mean, we can Monday morning quarterback it all day long, but yeah, end of the day, everybody probably had a reason for doing what they did. It's just it didn't work out, and like you said, maybe with a little more kindness, it could have been a little different.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, so we'll, we'll, we're going to keep tabs on that and see what happens and what mm-hmm. the outcome comes exactly. on, uh, comes out with that whole situation. I just thought that was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause I can see it both ways, but Hey, you know, you got, you just got it. Like it goes back to treating people with respect, the same thing with the incidents mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, like you talk about security guards, when you think about it, people very seldom give security guards any type of respect whatsoever. Um, I think sometimes security guards do think that they're the police when they're not. Yeah, But I also know that sometimes people treat people treat um, security guards as if they are not there to do a job as well. So, you know, um, that's the reason why there's security. Uh, so, exactly. you know, that that's, that's the big thing. Treating each, you know, treating each other with respect and, and kindness. And that helps deescalate uh, those type of situations from occurring.
5: Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, let's see what else we got. Harvey Weinstein turned himself in yesterday.
4: Um, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I laugh because where is this influx of actors and all these people? All of a sudden these people are coming out with these sexual assault charges and sexual abuse charges. And I don't know when these events took place, but it seems like they were years afterwards. I
5: mean, yeah.
4: They wake up one day and had a dream and said, okay, I'm going to say something.
5: Well, well,
3: that's that's the, the – I think that's the uh, – I think that's what a, – a lot of people feel that way. Um, I think the advantage that the, the women and, – and I we don't know, right? We don't know. Um, but the women who allegedly said that these men have done these things, um, I think that's an advantage for them because – there have been proven, um, there's proven documentation showing that someone that has been raped or sexually abused doesn't always come forward when it actually right. happens because everyone responds differently. other exactly. o- The other part is it's almost like dealing with um, when you when you lose a loved one or someone very close to you, everyone deals with death differently, right? Right. Um, exactly. So I think that's what's played in their favor. Um, apparently, he, mm-hmm. he turned himself in yesterday, and he's, being, um, he's been brought up on uh, rape charges and rape allegations um, by two different women. And then there, have, there are others who have publicly came out and said that he has done the same thing to them. So um, when, they, when he turned himself in yesterday, he actually um, had to give up his passport. Um, he had a cashier's check for a million dollars uh, to let him out on bail. Wow. He has a home monitoring system on his uh, ankle, so that they can keep uh, track of um, you know his whereabouts and what he's doing. And yeah. um, you know, I you know I don't know. Uh, the the question is, and I heard this brought up on the news this morning and yesterday, <clears> that the attorney for Weinstein is saying that he did not create a uh, casting couch uh, type scenario. Um, right. But people were saying that's not what a jury is going to want to hear because at the end of the day, you know, what you're doing is wrong if that's what you did, allegedly. Um, right. So, you know, I, I hope that they're not going to try to use that as an excuse to why these women are all coming out and saying he did these things because you can't, that's not a very good one. In my opinion, you know, this right. whole me exactly. too, this whole me too movement, man, they are not playing. Right. Wow. Oh. That's true. Um, Morgan Freeman. Um, was the other actor that was accused this week of sexual misconduct. What did you think about that one when you saw that?
4: You know, and, and I just saw that one, so it, it kind of shocks me a little bit that, you know, here we go again. Um, he's saying I didn't do it, and they're saying he did. You know, I don't, you know, I, I don't I guess maybe, I don't know, maybe... Morgan Freeman has had a certain level of respect because of maybe some of the roles that he's played in, in the public eye. He's one of those actors that was so respected. You can't see him do nothing wrong. I'm not saying he did it or didn't. Right. But, you know, to wait, I don't know how many years it was before I guess they finally decided to say something to me, it goes back to the Bill Cosby situation. I'm like, wow. Right.
5: Yeah.
3: But, but I was going to say, you know, I know he's he's played various different roles and we talk about how um, Morgan Freeman is, you know, he's, I think he's, he, what is he, 80 years old now? Is he 80? Yeah,
4: hey, he's 80 years old now.
3: I think he's 80 years old and we talk about how he doesn't look like he is, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But Bill Cosby, to me, he had more, you know, what do you think about the characters that he's played? Dr. Huxtable, you know, you would never yeah, think true. the same thing about him. And then there are a ton of women that have come out and said the same thing about him. True. My my True. big thing is though, the biggest thing for me is, what is it? Are they did he actually do something to you, or you just didn't like what was said to you? I'm talking about Morgan Correct. Freeman, like, yeah, I got you. You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like, did he was he flirting with you, and you right. felt uncomfortable, or what? What actually occurred, or did you know for you to say that? Because when you look at it, sexual misconduct—what does that mean? Did he say something? Did he touch you? Did he put his hand on your Did he shoulder? Touch
4: you? Did he say something? Yeah, maybe, like maybe you like what he said afterwards. Right. You know, right. You know I, I, it's so hard because you don't know the full story to speculate. You know, it's so hard to try to figure it all out because you don't, you do you don't know everything. You don't know all the details.
3: And think about it: Morgan Freeman has been an actor in Hollywood for years.
4: Fifty years. Yes. I he was easy reader on the electric company. I mean, I'm telling my age there, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know that.
3: Yeah. Um. So. Does a lot of voiceover uh, work for different companies? Yes, he does. Um. Now they did show a video. I want to say I saw that yesterday, where they showed him, um, saying some things to someone that was interviewing him. One of the uh, they, Ooh, they were talking to her they were interviewing her and talked about you've interviewed him a couple of you know times have you ever felt um you know have you ever felt like uncomfortable and they showed the video where he 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 did say some things but it was one of those things where it's like he's flirting with her but right. it can be taken for some women they could take that as a compliment the and, and right. from which the way that he's flirting with her and for some they mm-hmm. might Say that well, I'm being professional. He should be being professional too, and that's not the time to say it. Now, the young lady said that when he said what he said, she did find it. It made her eyebrow raise, but she said she at no time felt uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, you know, they couldn't they couldn't bring any testimony up in if if something were brought up against him. You know, a, against using trying to use that because she said once she says she wasn't uncomfortable, that's it. But exactly, you know, I I, I hope. I hope all these things, um, you know, you know, you know, uh, uh, at some point slow down a little bit, because it's like, come on, because it's like a copycat type deal. One person comes out, then another person comes out, then ten more people come out, and um, here's another. There's another example. Uh, Matt Lauer from the Today Show, if Ooh. you remember, with him. Now, I had heard for years of things about Matt Lauer, right? Um, but he even came out and said. You know these women that are these women that are coming forward saying these things. Some of the things that are being said are true, and I apologize for those things. But some of them also right. are not true. So I guess you got to take it with a um, with a grain of salt, man.
4: Hopefully, we, we exactly you just got to wait and see when the details come out when the trials are over with. I'm sure at the end of the day, the truth will come out. Yeah. Um, whether it happened or not, I'm sure it will. Come. Yeah. I don't want to say, you know, I, and I try to understand because I know some in some cases, uh, let me give an example of how something that happens and it can be twisted. And then once the, the story comes out, let's take this. Uh, and I, I know you may have not heard the story. Uh-huh. Um, there was a girl, I guess, I think it was here in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, it was an Alpharetta restaurant who refunded a person complaining about their lunch. Mm-hmm. So it was a Chinese food restaurant. And So the young black woman went to give the guy the $8 refund. Of course, the owner of the restaurant didn't agree. And he had some words um, for the young lady. And I guess in the... Uh, I guess in the... In, I guess he wanted to fire her. Uh-huh. So I guess in the uh, stream of things, I guess he was going to fire her and he grabbed her and kind of pushed her. And then he kind of touched her and like like was turning her around saying, get out. But the way the customer, you know, um, was filming it, he was filming the whole transaction. Uh-huh. And it just, he was blowing it out of proportion. Like, oh, he touched you. He assaulted you. You know, I got it on camera if you want a copy of the video. And it's like people are so quick to, you know... Escalate the situation, and now this girl has an attorney, and I guess she's trying to to sue the restaurant. But when the actual video came out from the restaurant, because he had cameras in the restaurant, he touched her. He was wrong for that. I'll, I'll say that and a uh, manager shouldn't touch any employee. Mm-hmm. But it didn't look like a lot of force, and I'm not gonna say it wasn't because a camera can be deceiving. Right. It could have been in slow motion, so it looked that way. Right. Um, from the guy's video, you couldn't tell really he just yelled it out and, but from the video, it didn't look like he did anything damaging. But according to her, um, you know, he touched, he grabbed her so hard or he pushed her so hard, it kind of bruised her chest or something like that. So he did hit in that area. So it's kind of iffy, but you know, my point is it's always one thing until we get some of the facts, right? You know, it's always one thing until we get some of the facts. I think
3: I did see that video. Um, because they said, I think, the the one I read said that uh, the owner, the manager, whomever he was, the owner, like you were talking about, I think I had read that he slapped her. That's what it was. It
4: said. Yeah, I initially it said he slapped her. Yeah. But it, it didn't. And it was, like, it was like, you know, it's just like if you tell somebody, if you go to one part of the room and say, you tell somebody that the sky is blue, by the time it gets to the other side of the room, it's going to say it's green. Yeah. So... You no, know, this guy saying he hit you, he assaulted you. He's yelling at the video, and the next thing he came out, he slapped it. But nowhere in the video was there a slap. Wow. You know, nowhere in the video from the store video was there a slap.
3: How did we get here, man? How did we get here where we have become such a sensitive society?
4: Oh man, I I, I would hate to say it. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's the podcast, man. You can say you, know, I, you can say I whatever think, you want I to say, man. It's your opinion. I
4: think we're I think we're Generation X, I believe, but these millennials. Yep. It seems like they're so sensitive to any level of respect or disrespect. I mean, a lot of stuff we learned to brush it off our shoulders. We had thick skin growing up. Yeah. Of course, we dealt with a lot more. So we learned how to have thick skin. But it's like nowadays, it seems like everybody's so sensitive to everything. Like giving kids participation trophies as a football coach. Yeah. I'm against that, but I know why they do it. (laughs) You know, but. It, I, I think it started back in the 2000s mm-hmm. because, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't that bad. Maybe the transition started in the 2000s where the little kids that we used to watch growing up are now adults. And they're the generation who, from an accountability standpoint and from just, you know, from that respect standpoint, feel like, you know, you can't talk to me this way, you can't say this and you can't do that. Society's kind of changing
3: yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because um, I, I think about that all the time, right? Because what you see are a lot of those very same um, millennials, but the parents of those millennials who are our age, mm-hmm. giving them more choices on things within life. And what I mean by that is, for example, if I started doing something um, like an activity like football or baseball or whatever it was, I had Mm -hmm. to finish that activity even if I didn't want to do it, right? These parents, from what what I've seen, give them almost, in my opinion, too many choices. Um, Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, instead of telling them, hey, no, you need to finish this out, even if you don't enjoy it, you need to finish it. Whatever you start, you got to finish, right? They allow them to just quit but don't like being called lazy um right when they don't want you know when you when you try to call them out on something so i i, I don't know i don't know i think mm-hmm. i think what what has happened is um our generation know what we had coming up we want to give our kids more and there's nothing wrong with that but at mm-hmm. that point in time as you're giving this new generation of kids more you also give them a little bit more freedom and entitlement Right. Exactly. You know, and so when you give them more freedom, and entitlement, if you don't reel that in, those kids take mm-hmm. advantage of that. And hence you get some of the things that we talked about, like the incident, um, like with when you're driving and these kids are just right. like walking slow, even though they know you're right behind them. Um, those right. types of deals. But
4: it and, is and, what and it you is. Know, it's hard being a parent nowadays to keep that tradition while so much around you is different from it because the peer pressure that these kids face. You kind of don't want them to feel left out or feel excluded from their group of friends. But at the same time, you try to make a level of control like we had when we were younger. You know, when we came home and streetlights were on, You, if you was not home, you knew what was going to happen. <laughs> That's right. Nowadays, it's like these kids want to know why it's happening. Right. We didn't have to know why. Right, you know, you didn't ask why. Did it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We didn't even ask
3: why. You didn't ask why. <laughs> you know, and, that,
4: and that's sad. So, um, voter rights act is something that has to be renewed every twenty five years. I don't know if some people even understand that. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that that president that they didn't go vote for that they should have put in office? Now this new one may come along. You never know what he may change when that time comes. Mm-hmm. When that time comes, mm-hmm. so I try to teach my kids to learn it and understand it. So they can know. But a lot of these kids nowadays, they're, oh, I don't want to hear about that. Right. I don't want to know what happened yesterday. I don't want to know what people fought for. So I can have what I have. I got it now. It doesn't matter. Right, right. Well, you may not keep it. And if you don't understand how to even fight for it, if you don't understand how to protest peacefully, mm-hmm. and I'll talk about that when we get into the whole NFL thing. But, you know, it's just, we got to teach our youth to understand why they have to respect their history and know it, not just, you need to know it.
3: About Hillary Clinton, um, she was a key factor with her husband um, with the whole mass car- incarceration thing. I get mm-hmm. it, right? But there is nothing perfect when you are president of the United States. There are no there are no decisions that you make. There some are good, some are bad. But when you have two bad things that are happening, two bad decisions, and you got to choose one out of the one out of the two, you're rolling mm-hmm. the dice it's just exactly. a decision it's not a good or bad decision and i think we forget that a lot of times so you know these kids that said hey you know bernie should be the person that i'm going to vote for and this person is just bad 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 i don't agree with that and and i'm not saying right. that to be political that because i've um right. changed my status to independent myself because in my opinion we've gotten away from that whole um bipartisanship which is what how government used to be Whereas, right. I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, I want something done, you want something done, we work together for the common cause, we both get a little bit of what we want, and then we right. get enough to give it back to the people. Now what it's become is, we've become a society where is, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, I'm sticking with my side, my side no matter right. what they say, no matter what they do, and I'm not going to speak out against it. Exactly. Uh, and In the meantime, you're doing all that and nothing gets done um so i you know and and, you know that's that's one of the one of the reasons why i try to tell people it's very important that you understand what's happening and what's going on in the world but you know Mm -hmm. it is just that dinner it's it's just that generation and it's not just in politics it's not just in life it's also in something as simple as hip-hop if you look Mm -hmm. at how hip-hop was and how it is now it's it's not the same it's not the same so i get it (laughs) that mumble rap right
4: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you
3: know, we have a
4: we, we have an influx of condos being built here in Atlanta, and people are wondering why. I said because millennials don't want to buy houses. All they want to do is pay their rent and go to work and go on vacation. They don't want to take care of grass. They don't want to do the things that homeowners do. They mm-hmm. want it simple, and that's why they're building them because mm. that's what that's what society is changing to, quick and fast. Know, like, quick and fast. We don't want home ownership. I want to be able to go down the street, uh-huh. get what I need, catch it, and go walk back up the street, go upstairs to my condo, shut the door, and I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about it. If something breaks, i want to be able to call somebody to fix it. <laughs> so that's
3: a big difference now. The, that that uh, right now uh, type of mentality. Right. <clears throat> and I'm guilty of it, too, because I like getting things yeah. fast now, because you know, when you change with times, you, you want it right now. If you're able to get the information now, um you right. might as well get it. So um but um just speaking about society and culture and um and and just rights and, and things like that. Next um little tidbit from this week, Donald Trump breaks off talks with uh North Korea, which I found to be very, very interesting. Right. Um all for the last I'd say what two weeks we've been hearing about this great summit that's gonna occur between Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump and right. um he even nominated himself as a uh, as a well maybe a reporter suggested it but, but perhaps that he would get the Nobel peace peace prize um after this uh talk right well earlier this week he broke off the talks with North Korea and um as early as of today as of when this podcast comes out and this episode comes out Floyd Kim Jong-un and the leader of South Korea are meeting today to talk about the summit and meeting with the United States. What? I'm trying to see what the end game in is here because uh, North Korea says, we don't want to be put into a corner where the only thing you want us to do is to get rid of our nuclear weapons, right? There are certain things that we feel that we should have as a country, and we need help from the United States in doing so. Um, and there's just seems like there's this game of chess going back and forth. What what are your thoughts on uh, that whole North Korea situation and in, in the United States breaking off those talks, or what but, but go down as the first one in history, from my understanding?
4: I think if it happens um, and some good comes out of it, I almost would hate to say it. Donald Trump would probably win the Nobel Peace Prize because he was able to – Because right now, North Korea is a a dangerous country, I feel, because not only because they have nuclear weapons, but because of how easily they're willing to use them. Mm
5: -hmm.
4: You know, how quickly they're willing to use them. It's like we don't even want to rationalize anything, we're just going to go straight to it. Um, It's been a battle with North and South Korea for a long time, hence why we've had soldiers over in Korea in the first place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to kind of protect South Korea. As far as the talks being breaking off and or being broken up, I think that's just all part of politics. I think it's just a way to keep it going. So if perhaps um, something good comes out of it, it'll just make it look even better for Trump because there were so many times that it'll look like almost he didn't settle.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Like, well, I'm, I'm not settling, so I'm gonna break off talks. So I'm gonna break off talks, and then finally, when they have it, they're gonna look, look how much he did to make it happen. Look like how many times he was willing to walk away from the table. And then it happened, you know. Now we have peace. So I think it's just a way to make it look better for him in the long run, because right now, a lot of stuff that's happening, even within his presidency, is more. And, and I'd say this is my opinion: more left over from the Obama administration. So all the good that's happening and that he's getting credit for was going to happen anyway. Right. But I think this is a way that he can kind of solidify himself in his presidency if he makes this happen. And I think it's just part of the game, really. I think I think it's going to happen. Um, I think it's just right now it's kind of, you know, keeping the suspense up to make it look better for him mm-hmm. as a president. That's yeah. all. Well,
3: you know, um, not to uh, say that he uh, – and I don't know if he had an impact on it or not, but there were three Americans that were recently released from North Korea right. or by North Korea, which that's way – that shows that North Korea is um, – they're they're giving, you know, a little leeway to show, um, a, a, you know, some gratitude um, right. by releasing them and showing that they're open to talks because there was a time where they wouldn't release anyone, um, exactly. you know, uh, let alone some Americans. So they released three of them. And what what really and this is just my opinion only, what really upset me about that situation was when he when they were released, he was right there front and center. You know, he's definitely going right. to get his photo ops. He's definitely going to take credit for it. If it hadn't been mm-hmm. for me, they wouldn't have gotten released. Just like he did with the with the uh, bald, uh, Jello, um, bald, um ball when they were over in China or when he got caught right. in that whole situation, he took credit for that. Um, anytime he has an opportunity to get a photo op- a photo op that makes him look good, he's going to take Ooh. that opportunity. Now, here's the thing, though. Um, when this first came out and this first broke about North Korea and them talking about us talking with North Korea. My first thought process: Why all of a sudden I noticed that the media seemed like they were spinning it as if he did it. Um, Right. And in my opinion, yeah, like in my opinion, though, and, and again, I'm not a White House insider. I'm not inside the White House. I don't know what he's doing. Right. But usually, when something like that happens, you you know, they come out and say it. I think, just looking from the outside and keeping up with this type of stuff, I think that North Korea got smart and said, you know what? This leader that they have over the United States is like no other that I have dealt with in the last um, couple of years. Uh, right. or uh, How my father um, have, or my grandfather, anyone has dealt with. Um, this guy may be a little crazier than me. Meanwhile, right. there are sanctions on my country. The country was already, already, you know, people are already starving. There's sanctions on my country and economically, um, if they're draining me of my money, you know, it's quite simple for them to take out me and my regime. So I better start thinking with a little common sense. And I believe that, you know, I better start thinking with a little common sense and I'm going to reach out to South Korea. And I think that first happened when the Olympics took place and they became one as Korea. It wasn't uh North Korea. It wasn't South Korea. It was Korea. And I think that's what opened the dialogue between those two countries. I don't think that the United States had anything at all to do with that um, as far as talks go. And I think they've started talking with each other. They're talking with each other even more. And they're saying, hey, the leader that they have in the United States right now, there's no telling what he will do. He operates on feelings and what he feels should happen. And this may not be good for us. So let's come together and have a common ground, because if I can team up with South Korea and help my economy get to where it needs to be with their help and get help from the United States, this is going to be a lot better than me coming in here and being taken out. So um, I just don't know how we tend to give him credit. But now they're saying the reason that Trump pulled out of the talks was because he thought Kim Jong-un was going to pull out of the talks before him. So if he right. does it first, he doesn't look bad, so exactly i don't know man i, I, I don't
4: think it's his, i think it's his personal agenda i don't know you know i you know I um, hard to say i'm not that white House insider but. <laughs> <laughs> he's
3: he's uh he's um oh what was the other comment the other comment that he made he was at a uh, naval um he was at a naval graduation yesterday. And his comments were, America will not apologize for taming the country or taming this country. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I just, I don't understand. The one thing I have noticed, though, though bro, is all the people that used to be on social media that um, was saying, giving him a chance, he's your president and this mm-hmm. and that. I've seen that die down a little bit. I don't see that out there as much. He's always, no matter who you are, whether you're a presidential candidate or the president, you're always going to have your base of people, no matter what you do, no matter how bad it is, good or bad, they're going to be there for you, right? So you still see those people. But I'm talking about people that you and I know, people that work with us that you know are good people. They just felt that he was the better candidate. Um, I'm just noticing that that's dying it down. I don't think he has the support. That um, That's true. that he he had in the beginning, because people are saying we've given you chance after chance after chance and after chance,
4: and you uh, I make don't us look crazy. I didn't think he expected it to be this hard. Yeah, I not I don't think Donald Trump. I think he probably sat back thinking being the president's easy from a businessman standpoint. That's all he's looking at. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he understood the real politics behind everything. Right, and now he's got to deal with it. Oh, yeah. I don't see him serving another term, so
3: no, 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 no. I tell you what, um, it's gonna be interesting. I don't know who's I know Joe Biden is talking about running in twenty twenty from the Democratic side. That's gonna be interesting.
4: Yeah, uh, I think this will be the biggest voting turnout in history. Yeah. Yeah. Win or lose, this'll be the biggest voting turnout in history. Yeah. I was now people are understanding the importance of the vote.
3: Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna go into something else, but I'll save it for another show because and i don't i don't like to get in conspiracies but just from what i'm seeing on tv from what i'm seeing um with people with with good common sense um i i still to this day don't understand how he's the president i, I think there's a little bit yeah, more to exactly. it i think there's a little bit more to it and i just think that if if it was said what really went down if we really knew what went down um mm-hmm. i truly believe that people think that our democracy as a country would be broke but um I don't know. We'll 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 keep an eye yeah, out. We'll
4: see. Time will tell.
3: Time will tell exactly what happened there. Time will definitely tell. So our main topic, man, this whole NFL ruling. NFL right. makes players stand during national anthem. What were your thoughts when you first heard that? And we got a clip that uh well we got two clips that I want um want you to hear and I want our viewers to hear, but what were your thoughts when you first heard how they were gonna be handling the uh silent protesting?
4: Well, uh, first of all, I, I was like, "NBA owners are crazy." Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think a lot of a lot of it has gotten away from the original reason that Colin Kaepernick sat down in the first place, and I think a lot of it was used as a platform for other people's personal and political agendas. You know, to use that situation, but for the owners to go that far, I'm waiting now to see what the players' union is going to do about it. right? Because that ought to be interesting. I mean, the New York Jets have already said we're going to support any player that decides to sit uh, during the National Anthem, um, and we'll pay the fine Mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting. I could see a lot of, honestly, I, I could see a lot of feedback. A lot of teams are probably going to do it anyway, just because now the owners have said it. Um, it's going to be interesting because I think that at the end of the day, even though these players have contracts, these owners don't understand that their money is made from what these players do, mm-hmm. and you're not going to you're not going to have replacement players like in the '80s coming here and do this thing again. Mm-hmm. So that's that's initially how I felt.
3: Okay, okay. Well, this is courtesy of uh, the Jim Rome Show. Jim Rome, I thought, had some interesting comments regarding this, and then I'm also going to play a clip from Michelle uh, Beadle. Um She really, really broke it down, but uh, the first one is the, uh, we'll listen, I'll get your opinion on this Jim Rome clip and what he's saying, and then I'll get your opinion, and then we'll come back and we'll listen to uh, Michelle Beadle. But let me see if we can go ahead and get this pulled up. They're um, okay. not about the national anthem. They've never
0: been about the national anthem. They're not about the flag. They're not about the military. And to me, to claim that they are is pretty ignorant. The idea that the players are making a statement that the nation is not living up to the values represented by the flag is somehow disrespectful to the flag is just beyond me. Because that's not what they're saying. I mean, whose idea was it for Colin Kaepernick to kneel in the first place? Think about how much you resent this guy for doing that. Well, whose idea was that? Where did he get that idea? He got it from a Green Beret. Green Beret, Texas Longhorn, Seattle Seahawk, Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer gave him that idea. It was born out of a conversation that the two of them had, a conversation where Boyer said the first words from Kaepernick were to thank Boyer for his service. So, again, to reiterate, this is not about disrespecting the flag or the military. I think a lot of people who claim that that is what that's about are trying to twist it so you don't have to acknowledge or address the real concerns that are being raised by the demonstrations in the first place. Because from the outset, the players have made it pretty clear that their concerns are with social injustice. Their concerns are with police brutality. It hasn't been about the flag. It hasn't been about the military. It hasn't been about the troops. Or other things that people want to twist it into. It's been about civil rights. It's been about police brutality. The kind of police brutality is an example that we saw in the video released yesterday involving Milwaukee Buck Sterling Brown, who was tasered in a Walgreens parking lot. And again, this is not a comment on the police. It's an extremely difficult job, an extremely challenging job, an extremely dangerous job. But there are concerns. And these athletes are trying to express their concerns. The video coming out the same day. That video came out the same day that the league released its new policy points out to me how convoluted that policy is. How off it is. Which brings me to my next point. The timing. Colin Kaepernick did not play last season. Eight players knelt in week two of last season. No one knelt during the playoffs. The issue pretty much has faded away. And don't get me wrong. The issues that were being protested had not faded away. But the story of the NFL protest had faded away. So why address it now? It's back now. The NFL came up with the policy, and now it's right back in the news again. And it's going to be all summer long, and it's going to be into the season. And now it's going to be an issue every week during the NFL season. And you best believe that players who weren't thinking about protesting right now are probably thinking about doing it again starting in week one, players who were not on the field during the National Anthem, even if they went back to use the restroom, are going to be asked why they weren't out there. And then teams are going to be asked what they're going to do to punish those players. And then we'll have some guy on TV this morning saying, quote, you have to stand proudly for the National Anthem or you should not be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. End quote. (coughs) Should not be in the country. I mean, someone seriously saying or strongly implying that not standing for the National Anthem is now grounds for deportation? Is that what you're saying? Listen, making people stand for the National Anthem isn't really patriotic. Making people stand for the National Anthem isn't American. In fact, if anything, it's un-American.
3: And that was courtesy of the Jim Rome show. So uh, <laughs> Jim always tells it like it is, in my opinion.
4: And I feel he's absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) This is my opinion. I, one who served for this country, and I think even sometimes people don't even understand that. I think they've gotten away from that. And I'm going to say this because we fought for this country or we fight for this country to protect the laws that we have to protect our freedom. And one of those freedoms is to protest. Mm -hmm. So we're fighting for that. We're not fighting to make people stand up for the national anthem, which in, if you really got into it, and I know some people don't. And that, and that's one story that gets away from the media. You don't hear the media saying when they, when they cut out the second verse of the national anthem, that had to do with slavery. It's like, how do you, as a country, sit here and pick and choose which side you want to fight about because it looks good in the media or it makes you look good as a certain, a certain Full way. Full Sail University. Mm-hmm. What would happen if some fans decided to boycott stadiums because the owners were finding players because of their protest? Then the country would be split down the middle mm-hmm. because you have your people who feel, oh, you're disrespecting the flag. When I've seen people burn flags Mm -hmm. on media, I've seen people wear flags as diapers. I don't see nothing about that in the media, about that person disrespecting the flag or the national anthem. I mean, they took the Pledge of Allegiance out of schools. They took a lot of stuff out of schools. That was fundamental things that where we grew up learning, that was fundamental things. And it's like, but you choose because one person says, I don't like the injustice that's going on, and I'm going to use this as my platform to protest. And now everybody want to flip it for their own political reasons or for their own reason to either one-up the other person or stay in front of the media with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like he said, by the time the playoffs came, it didn't matter anymore. Now the NFL's come out with this policy. Now we're back in again. Why? To me, the underlying fact is not everybody who didn't watch football is going to watch football to see how the players are going to respond next year. Mm-hmm. So now you up to your ratings. And up in your ratings, you can charge more for commercials. You can charge more for ads being played. You can charge more for everything when it comes to your business and that team because now your ratings are through the roof. Mm-hmm. Because people can't wait to see. And I know, and I'm going to put it out there because I believe it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. people can't wait to see how a team like the Oakland Raiders are going to respond to Marshawn Lynch did. or people are going to can't wait to see some of these other teams respond to this whole situation of the owner saying this. Right. Right. I mean, what if the players said, we're going to protest and not play? Who's going to make money? Right. The owners are not.
3: Right. So, you know, and, and my biggest thing is when I heard it, I thought about it and I said, does it really matter? You, you know what I mean? I always, felt like, I, I always felt like when you start allowing government to interfere with sports, you're always mm-hmm. going to run into a problem. I think exactly. that they caved in to pressure from um, the president um, based, mm-hmm. based on his rhetoric. I think yeah. that if you look back in the history of this country, every time someone tried to stand up for what people in society knew were happening, they always tried to twist it and say, that that's not what they're doing. They're disrespecting exactly. this country. They did it to Muhammad Ali, back in the '60s mm-hmm. when he refused to go, um, re- refused to be drafted. Um, exactly. They said that he wasn't being a people's champion. He didn't represent America. He wasn't that right. of a representative of America. And then you fast forward, 20, 30 years later, Muhammad Ali was loved by some of those same people that were saying those things about him in the '60s.
4: You know, and here's in, the thing, too, with Muhammad Ali, they pros- they protested against him, or they were against him for not, um, for not wanting to go or be drafted, and not going to the armed services, but yet, still, them same people who were against him was turning around protesting the war in Vietnam.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: It's like the man didn't want to go because he didn't want to fight for a country that, or, or his religion would not allow him to fight for this country. And now you're sitting here protesting against this country. It it kills me because I look back then, as a veteran back then, you did not get the reception that you have nowadays. Right. Back then you were a baby killer. You were this, you were that. You were a murderer. And now they're hugging and loving soldiers like, you know, some of them same people. Right. And I'm sitting here like, can we make up our minds?
3: See, that, and that's what I can't, that's what I can't understand. There's so much hypocrisy when it comes mm-hmm. to these things, because on one hand, you will acknowledge and say, there are people that will say, oh, he's disrespecting the flag, but you won't acknowledge the rights of people being violated, people exactly. being shot, unarmed, black mm-hmm. and brown people being shot. You won't acknowledge that. But as soon as mm-hmm. someone kneels and you think someone's being disrespectful for the flag, which right. represents the country that's supposed to protect the people within the right. country, right? Mm -hmm. It becomes a problem. And that's my biggest thing. These same, um, it's, you know, not all of them are, you know, I'm not going to say everybody's racist, but you got a few that are racist, right? You do. The ones that are racist will say, you're disrespecting this country. You're disrespecting this flag. If you don't want to be here, get out. Right?
4: But yet, and still you have people who walk around with Nazi flags can walk around and nobody said they can have all the protests they want uh-huh. and all the marches they want uh-huh. and you have very little people saying something but yeah an athlete who says he wants to protest it's like you said they're hypocrites
3: yeah or it's you know. or what's the other one i heard the other one that i heard was well you shouldn't bring it to this is we, we they pay you to play a football game you shouldn't bring that to to a football game mm-hmm. what their mission is it's not about bringing it to a football game. It's about using the platform for them as a celebrity to bring attention to a problem that others don't have as a platform to the same problem that they may be experiencing. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they've done everything. They've they've said that Kaepernick wasn't good enough. They said that mm-hmm. he was disrespecting the flag. They've said that um, he should just shut up and play football. Um, you know, you don't bring it here playing in the NFL is a privilege, you know. And I get that to an extent.
4: Right, exactly.
3: To an extent, but I still have a right. Just because I'm playing in the National Football League doesn't mean that I'm not a citizen of the United States who cannot stand for rights. You know, so it's it, it's so it hypocritical. Looks
4: funny. It is because you have players who have committed actual crimes. Yes. And they're still playing. All Kaepernick did was sit down. He is better than 50% of the quarterbacks in the league today. Yep. And he, all he did was sit for the national anthem. He didn't hurt nobody. He didn't molest nobody. He didn't rape nobody. He didn't do anything that some of these players have done. And I'm talking across the league. There's no domestic violence in his background. He ain't slapped no woman on no elevator. He ain't done none of these things. He has not raped a woman in a hotel. He has not done none of these things that some of these players have gotten away with.
3: Accused of murder, and yet, Ray
4: Lewis. And yet, exactly, accused of murder, accused of, of dogfighting Michael Vickman, Roethlisberger accused of sexual assault. You have players across the board, domestic violence issues, players going into counseling, Agent Peterson accused of beating his kids. You get all these accusations, and all they're doing... And then, but all he did was sit there, mm-hmm. and now you don't want him back in the league.
3: Mm-hmm. I hope, and I and I pray that, I, and and if if God allows us to see this, that twenty thirty years from now, that we look back on this and said during that time, because that's what mm-hmm. you see a lot on a lot of these documentaries and um, thirty for thirty. Right. Uh, during that time, you have to understand what it was like during that time, and mm-hmm. uh, I hope they look back and understand that that's a a big mistake. Um, it is. I don't hear them saying, kick the owner out uh, Mm -hmm. that said what he said in Houston, Um, the Houston owner that said what he said regarding it in closed doors um, when it was him and the other owners discussing it. I don't see Mm -hmm. them saying, get rid of his team. They didn't get him out of here. You saw what the NBA did when the guy uh, in the NBA said he had his racial remarks.
4: Um, yeah, Recording got the team no more. He, he doesn't the have Clippers the team.
3: They got, yeah, got, him up, they got mm-hmm. him up out of there. Got him up out of there. They're like, yo, you out of here because we're not going to allow that. Mm-hmm. See, the NBA, in my opinion, has it down. The That's NBA right. has it down because they mm-hmm. recognize a situation and they jump on it immediately. Mm-hmm. The NFL has yet to get to it. NBA, exactly. why more people are watching NBA and, and, getting, and getting with basketball is because, one – you got players that want to play because they're getting guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Two, when issues do come up, they allow them to socially protest those issues as it is their rights as United uh, States exactly. citizens. And look three, at when they all
4: wore the hoodies. Yeah, yeah. When Trayvon Martin got killed. Yep. And because some of the stuff LeBron has worn to protest against some of the stuff that was going on. You didn't see them knocking him out of the NBA. Nope.
3: Nope. Nope. And 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 the thing about it is, as an owner. And, and, you know, I'm a black man, but if I'm a, if I'm a white guy and, and this is, I am far from racial being, you know, I'm I'm not a racist. Everybody who knows me knows this, but I'm saying this, if I'm a white guy, my prop, my thinking process, if you're just thinking of it from a pure business perspective, I know that this team that I have is 60 to 70% African American or black, right? There is no way that I'm gonna allow someone that is ignorant and um, disrespectful to my brand and to the players that help make this brand allow right. me to lose out on money. So I'm standing up for it. If it's me, I'm saying mm-hmm. you should be allowed to protest in a simple way. I'm not trying to. Um. Um. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. I'm not trying to listen to what our president's saying because that's still his opinion right. that's his opinion that's that's not a law that's not what the mm-hmm. Constitution says. I'm going off the Constitution and the laws of the land, which enables exactly. him to say what he wants to say. that's his right. But now you mm-hmm. want to take away a player's right to be able mm-hmm. to kneel peacefully, who's not bothering anybody because you don't like the way that it looks to, to someone my who doesn't point, exactly to, to, to someone my
5: point. to
3: to someone who does not understand that has never experienced a situation such as as us as african american or black men have experienced or brown men have experienced or Mm -hmm. people of muslim faith have experienced or women who have been
4: sexually assaulted not on that when they didn't even have a right to vote
3: it's ridiculous
4: it makes absolutely no sense And it goes to my point earlier when I said if we don't teach them now to understand something as small as this, Mm -hmm. players, you can't do this, can lead to one day saying you can't vote. That's right. You can't do this because they're not understanding that these platforms, if the president can control players, pretty soon a president president will be able to control everything and say, Nah, I'm going to take away the voting rights. I'm going to take away, uh, you know, the women's voting rights. I'm going to take away. The uh, uh, affirmative action. I'm going to take away everything. You know, who's going to know when it's happening if they're not paying attention? To it? Because, like I said, they didn't experience it. And I'm going to tell you a story. I listened to a lady talk one day. She was the first—I uh, can't think of who she was, but she was like the first female uh, president of the U.S. Treasury or something like that, vice president, or something. Mm-hmm. She spoke um, where I work, and she—she she said her daughter asked her a question one time. Why do we refer to President Obama as a great African-American president? Or why can't we just say he was a great president? And she told her daughter, sweetheart, you have to understand, in a time, there was a time when we were growing up, and she was a Hispanic lady, Hispanic lady, there was a time when we were growing up that color mattered, where you were from mattered. The things that, that you know, um, the color of your skin, where you came from, whether you were male or female, those things matter. So people are still saying that because back then those things matter. You're growing up in a society that's it may matter, but you're not seeing it as much or you're not paying attention to it as much.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So and and my point is that these kids nowadays are not knowing what people in the past went to to give them these freedoms that they have and they won't understand that they're being taken away something as small as a president saying to owners if those players kneel then you need to fire them and now we're going to come up with a policy that says that that's just one small step to handle a bigger issue later mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if i can get away with it now ooh, i push this let's see what the next time if i get voted another four years in office let's see what i can change
3: and it's funny, and it's it's a good thing that she uh, – I like what she what you said she said to her daughter because when you look at what this president, this current president has done in comparison to our previous president, he is obsessed mm-hmm. – I've, I've come to the conclusion that he is obsessed with former President Barack Obama. And the reason I say yeah. that is when he was in office, he tried to say that he wasn't born here in the United States. He didn't right. believe that he was. He had the birth mm-hmm. certificate. Come to find out, he didn't have anything. The only birth certificate that came that he had was the one that everyone else had. Um, right. which showing he was born in Hawaii but then after he leaves office he everything that Barack Obama has put into law and in, 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 into play during his term he has taken away he is trying to wipe away the legacy from which that man has laid the thing is right. the thing is the more he tries to wipe the, that legacy away the more people will not forget it because that Mm -hmm. is going down in something that's going to be written for years and people are going to talk about for years Mm -hmm. um so you know no matter what he tries to do um he makes himself look silly because people that know and people that use common sense know exactly what it is he's doing um that brings me up to the next point more and more people need to speak out about this and and what i mean by that is I'm not talking about the silent majority of, 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 of white people. I'm talking about the white people that know that this is wrong, um, right. that know it doesn't make sense. I love to see protests where there are black, white, brown, and all types of ethnicities together protesting for something that is truly happening in this country. Um, Michelle Beadle on ESPN, and we're going to listen to this clip on ESPN, talks about how the protests having to do with that recent Sterling Brown Incident and she was very very uh, strong in her wording. So let's take a listen to uh, to that clip
1: Apologized for the treatment of bucks guard sterling brown Who was tased and handcuffed during an arrest in january for a parking violation Body cam footage of that arrest was released yesterday as well You're seeing it now the police chief alfonso morales said wednesday that the officers involved in the incident have been disciplined for acting quote inappropriately in a statement released by Brown, he confirmed he will take legal action against the police department, adding, quote, what should have been a simple parking ticket turned into an attempt at police intimidation, followed by unlawful use of physical force, including being handcuffed and tased and then unlawfully booked. This experience with the Milwaukee Police Department has forced me to stand up and tell my story so I can help these injustices from happening in the future. Black men shouldn't have to have their guard up and instantly be on the defensive when seeing a police officer, but it's a reality and a real problem. There must be mutual respect, and both sides have to figure out how to accomplish this. Now, on the very same day this video was released, National Football League owners approved a new policy that requires players to stand if they are on the field during the playing of the National Anthem, preventing any attempt to sit or kneel in protest over racial inequality and police brutality, as dozens of players have done over the last two seasons. The policy subjects teams to a fine if a player or any team personnel member do not show respect for the anthem, but also gives players the option to remain in the locker room during the anthem if they so choose. Here's more from Commissioner Roger Goodell.
5: Our objective as a league, uh, and to all 32 clubs, uh, which was unanimous, is that we want people uh, to be respectful to national anthem, we want people to stand, that's all personnel, and make sure that uh, they treat this uh, moment in a respectful fashion. That's something that we think we owe. We've uh, been very sensitive in making sure that we uh, give players choices, wow. but we do believe uh, that that moment is an important moment and one that we are going to uh, focus on.
1: Reaction from across the NFL, including from uh, the Eagles, Malcolm Jenkins, who said, quote, I will not let it silence me or stop me from fighting. This has never been about taking a knee, raising a fist, or anyone's patriotism, but doing what we can to affect real change for real people. So it was certainly quite a day yesterday and there's certainly a great deal here to discuss Jalen, I'll give you the floor first.
2: So a few things I would like to unpack. Um, From the NFL side of this, uh, it, it shows me how they're completely tone deaf. It's the off season in football. If you're going to release the information about how you want teams and players to behave during the national anthem, you should probably not do it on the same day that they're going to release a video in Milwaukee showing the exact reason in theory why Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid initially took a knee. By the way, both individuals are currently unemployed for that stance. And also, I like to look deeper into the words of what somebody's saying. I am uncomfortable with him continuing to use the term, we want to make sure people respect Mm -hmm. the flag. Okay, for me personally, However you behave during the national anthem, that's your choice as an American. This is why this is the land of the free. This is why people fight for our liberties, so that we now have choice in this country. I don't necessarily see it as a disrespect if you have something that you're passionate about and you want to take that opportunity to make that cause something that you want to bring to the masses. So for the NFL and for the rule that they instituted Lastly, I want to address this. It's okay to acknowledge that the reason why we've patronized the national anthem at the beginning of sporting events is really, in theory, because they're being paid to do so. That's just flat out the absolute truth. So therefore, when you allow people the choice to either be on the field or be in the locker room, guess what the conversation is going to be? Who's in the locker room? Yep. So now, instead of having all of the players in the locker room, where now there's no separatism, the people that are on the field versus the people that are in the locker room, they're still going to be ostracized the way Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reid are currently doing. So this does not get to the root of the issue and in theory does not solve the ultimate problem that the NFL hoped to get accomplished. What did you think yesterday?
6: I think the insinuation that Goodell had in his statement as if there was some sort of compromise met um, was absurd. I don't know with whom he thought a compromise was made, but hiding people, giving them the choice between hiding in the back or following our strict rules is not a compromise. And I'm with Jalen. The American flag to which I pay respect means a lot of things. And to me specifically, it gives me the option to protest when I see fit, to say what I wanna do, to go buy a beer at a concession stand, which is what a lot of people do during the national anthem. They're not, I guess, respecting America and apparently don't love America as well. I think that what they're doing, number one, they brought this story back to the forefront when it was pretty quiet. You're forcing players to make a financial decision now, which is absurd. Again, not a choice. You didn't give them a choice. And you're missing it again, what this was all about in the first place. And you don't have to go very far to understand why this is so divisive. When that video came out of Sterling Brown, if you start to read comments, well, why didn't he put his hands here? And why didn't he do, not to paying attention to the fact that five grown men Surrounded this guy for parking his car across two spots at two o'clock in the morning in front of a Walgreens And were immediately escalated to the point of tasing him That's the point of the protest And so that's how you know we are not even close Because half the people saw this guy at fault Half the people saw the cops at fault And we are nowhere closer to anything
2: And if you want to protect the best interests and safety of everyone involved I'm happy that they have body cameras available I think that should be something that's commonplace throughout our country to protect each person during an altercation. Because unfortunately, most citizens don't encounter police until there's adversity. And usually, how do we respond when that adversity takes place? But also, with that body camera footage, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of different angles. I'm pretty sure there's some different audio that we can hear that I didn't necessarily get from that that I would like to also see.
3: Okay, so there you have it. That was Michelle Beal and also Jalen Rose. I didn't realize that he was uh on that clip as well. But uh I think they said it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I think Yeah. I mean it, you, you you know, and, and these are the and and that's what I'm talking about. If you really, really want to know how people feel, follow social media on a what may be a controversial issue or even something that is not controversial. To her point about the video when the video was released. The comments that she said where people were like, well, why didn't he put his hands up? And that goes back to the conversation that we what we said earlier, bro, about, look, you've never had you never encountered or understand the difference between getting pulled over if you're white, and getting pulled over if you're black. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me that it took five dudes, five cops to come out and arrest somebody for a traffic violation and a parking ticket. You, that's what nope. you're that's what you're telling me. You think that that's right. The only time that it's gonna be right, and it's unfortunate to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway, and I really don't care if someone doesn't like it or not, it's not gonna be right, and nothing's gonna happen until it happens to somebody that's white, because that's when we start seeing things move. Black people can get shot all day long, pulled over by the police, Muslims can get profiled all day long, women can be sexually assaulted, uh, to no avail, and it's okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. Until it happens to someone of prestige or someone with privilege. And this is a professional basketball player in the NBA.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I bet you those cops are feeling bad about once they find out who he was. You
4: know, you know they were. Um, some, of them know, some of them know who it is and they still act that way.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the other part about that, too, is this. Um, going back to the NFL, the NFL did donate... Um ninety eight million, I think it was like ninety eight million dollars to the cause for injustice um for situations like this. This was last this was during last year when the players association and some of the key players um of the league met to talk about these things. So great, they cut a check for um for the injustices um and funds for those that are encountering these things. But that doesn't that's not a payoff, Commissioner Goodell. Mm-hmm. It's not a payoff for you to come back and then say, "I'm taking your rights away." We've given you money now. Right. Go away. You can't do that, man. No. That's exactly what they did. Because I didn't even know they mm-hmm. had donated money. I didn't. I didn't even know that. And when I started putting it together, when I researched, I was like, "Oh, they gave 98 million, so they figure they can do what they want to do now."
4: Mm-hmm. And that's what they're feeling.
5: That's sad.
4: I, I don't think. I think that when, end of the day, when August rolls around and and we'll see what happens Mm -hmm. when these preseason games start and we'll see how these players respond, how the players union is going to respond. I don't necessarily see the owners getting away with it, but it's going to really come down to how the fans feel about it and how much they're willing to take action against it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the fans are buying the tickets, the fans are buying the the apparel, the fans fans are spending money at the stadium. Mm Mm-hmm. And until they step up in, as a country, we say, "Okay, this ain't right." You know, until the people exercise that power, anything in politics and sports and wherever, they have the upper hand. But you'll get a group of people that'll talk about it. And like the girl said, the nation's divided. Mm-hmm. Some people are saying he should have put his hands up. Some people are saying he should have done this. Nobody is really addressing the issue of how do we solve it.
3: Nobody. Nobody. Mm-hmm in in closing on in in um uh, talking about today's subject and um i just want to know you know has anything um been said uh, by the owner in atlanta has anything i know locally if something was said they would uh, they would say it but with his status i'm surprised um there hasn't been anything uh, on the you know on the in the media but has he come out and said anything um locally uh, regarding the ruling
4: uh no, okay. morning, No, he hasn't said anything. Okay, yeah. Not that I know
3: of. Okay, yeah, because he's a he's a he's considered one of the top owners. Usually, when he speaks, it's it's all over the media. But um, right. I, I'm just gonna sit back and watch and see how this thing turns out. Um, just uh, I know the president of the Players Association for the NFL. He did come out and say uh, that they're gonna be looking into this. But and you can't say that he's just for them because he said in his opinion he would stand for the flag and the national anthem. But he also said wow. he understands it's it's the player's God-given right, based on the laws of this country, to be able to protest. And what makes it so bad is they're not even protesting, protesting. When you think of protesting, you're thinking about hordes of people with signs and don't cross the picket line right. and all this other stuff. They're taking a knee or sitting down um, silently and then standing back up, still going out and doing their job. Um. If we have laws, because I've even heard people say, "Oh, well, if you go to job and you have a job, they pay you to do a job. You got to go by their rules." Yeah, well, if that was the case, we wouldn't have HR. Okay. If they were allowed to do what they wanted to do, we wouldn't have an HR. We wouldn't have people that we can speak to and report things to. So you can't always use that as an as a as an example. That's a pretty bad example in my opinion. But in closing. Um, we look at these things that are going on in in the NFL and we look at what we're hearing from um, the highest leader in the land and just listen closely to what they are saying. What is the message? What are they trying to relay to you and I? What are they relaying to the people that voted for them? What are they relaying to the players that play in the uh, National Football League? In my opinion, they're relating that you need to conform to the rules that we are giving to you. I'm not... Yeah. It doesn't matter what the Constitution says. It doesn't matter how you feel. If you feel a certain way, go hide. If you feel a certain way, get out of this country. And ask yourselves, is that the message that you want carried down uh, for generations to generations to generation? Do we want to end up like some third world country where what the government says um, goes and that's it? You have no right and no opinion to what you want to do or say? I certainly hope not, and I hope everybody really sees the underlying message. We want you to take away your own opinion in listening to this podcast, but we also want you to keep an open mind about what you hear and what you see. And, exactly. um, you know, um, big bro, my OG, Florida, I appreciate you coming <laughs> on today and talking yeah, no with me problem. today, man, and giving your no opinion. Problem. And um, we're on um, – this is episode five. We can be found at bossradiostation.com. You can go and listen to all of our episodes there, or if you need voiceover work done, um, we can get that done for you. You can follow me on Twitter at FrankStyles1, and uh, you can drop me some messages and catch the podcast there. And um, I think uh, we're also on Facebook, too, um, Styles Boss Productions. Um, You can get more information on the production company and the production side. Maybe you're interested in starting your own podcast and getting yours produced. We can help you with that. But uh, we'll keep you up to date. And for everybody listening and on behalf of my co-host, we'll be getting and talking with you all soon. Salute. All right.